0: On the Mike Cal, the show. It's the Bone. We are live in my home studio, and we have our good friend Greg Fitzsimmons is here. How are you, buddy? I
1: am honored to be allowed in the the halo grounds with the gated community and the <laughs> golf course and your big Guido looking Italian <laughs> home. <laughs> it's like the Sopranos. You haven't even in been in the
0: home. You listen, this is the most embarrassing time because we're redoing our kitchen. Yeah. My kitchen's literally bare. There's a refrigerator in the middle of the room and nothing else. And everything is in the garage right now. Yeah. And also lining the hallways and tubs of, it's the it looks like a hurricane blew through the house. Yeah. I'm like, this is the worst time to invite somebody over to your Dude, home.
1: I did this show one time for uh for VH one. It was um you know T I?
0: Yeah. He's got
1: rapper. a w he's got a wife named Tiny, Tiny yeah. Yeah. So I did a show called Tiny Tonight and I was the showrunner and we were and it was like it was crazy because they're they are as crazy as you would imagine them. Now should. how do you get involved with <laughs> TI and Tiny? I we need a small white man to be yeah. running the show. <laughs> for some reason, my, my first writing job in Hollywood was uh writing for Cedric the Entertainer Presents. Are you serious? Yeah, Louis C. K. was on the staff and my son was a year old and uh-huh. I called up Louis, and I'm like Dude, I'm dying. I'm on the road every week. My wife's alone with the kids. She's ready to leave me. I need a writing yeah, job. Yeah. So he goes, come in on Monday, I'll introduce you to Cedric. They're looking for a guy to do his monologue. Oh, wow. So I come in. Over the weekend, I come up with premises for a black guy. Right. And, uh, you know, at the time, reality shows were just getting big, like, you know, Survivor. And I said, you know, what? why is it the black guy... Is always the first one kicked off God, the island. Right. He could be like a green beret. He yeah. could be a gourmet chef. He could be, and 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 so like I pitched him a bunch of ideas. He hires me on the spot, and from that point forward, that's what happens in Hollywood. Is whatever your first job was, oh, that's you what get, you do. Uh, I ended up writing for a Patrice O'Neill show, a Jamie Foxx show, a Wanda Sykes show. Oh, it's just so like funny. every black show out there hires me, yeah, and yeah. I am. The whitest... Guy. I cannot... I can't name a rap lyric.
0: You're the Michael Rappaport <laughs> of comedy writers. <laughs> That's, you That's
1: right. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so I go to T.I.'s house in Atlanta because we're shooting some stuff there. And their house... It was a mansion that made yours look like a cabana. This is not, this is
0: an average house. I don't have, I mean, it's a, big, it's a bigger house, oh, but it's here's, not a mansion. Here's,
1: here's the guy trying to downplay
0: how well it is. No, he's done. but I mean, look it's like it's you look at some of the houses. you work
1: hard, you're very successful.
0: But you pass some of the houses coming in here, and you're yeah. like, whoa. And then yeah, you get yeah. to my house, and you're like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: No, it's nice. And yeah. I'm sure your neighbors love having a service van out front <laughs> with antennas coming out of the roof. <laughs> it is a Mercedes Sprinter, and the and the the
0: thing is that because the, the um, Kitchen's being done, yeah. I had to move it so that they can get in and out of the driveway, yeah, but yeah. normally it's tucked in the back of and said. God damn, what a dick right out of the gate. <laughs> Aren't you glad you invited him? Uh, at least Craig Gas got it. Gas got it here and he goes, You know what's one thing I learned by coming to radio guy's house is that I'm in the wrong business. Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> what did you expect from the guy that made fun of your grandmother's vagina at your res? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Who has since died.
1: Oh, I'm yeah, sorry. I know, isn't
0: that sad? But she I gotta uh, tell you though. Uh, she passed away in '92, and uh, she—I'm glad that she got to do all those fun 92. things. Yeah. Thank you, Michael.
1: Yeah, I remember she was up. She was up there when we yeah. did the roast. Boy, what a what a cool lady she was. Yeah, oh she my was. God. She was a lot of fun. She yeah. had a lot of fun doing that. So, so I'm at Ti's house, and uh, their entire house is suitcases lining the hallways because he would go on tour, right. and he didn't want to pack, so he left. There would be a line of suitcases with just sneakers. <laughs> then there would be a line that just had baseball hats. And he would just peg them And he the would end. zip them up, and they said that they had spent $250,000 in baggage fees the year before. Oh, my God. Just carrying all that stuff from well, city to city. Well, picture getting it to the airport, yeah. to the hotel. you got to get five SUVs oh my to get God. all the suitcases in.
0: That is insane. Yeah. Yeah, listen, you won't find any of that excess here. Uh, right now we have our Wheaties in a Tupperware box that's outside of the dining room right now.
1: Oh, is that it's, right? Oh
0: my god. It's I we're going on vacation next week for Thanksgiving, so today's our last day on the air. Yeah. I can't wait to get out of here just to get out of this house. Yeah. I mean it, I mean it's every day, thank God they're all great guys, but I got, you know, seven, eight guys just running around my house and plastic hung everywhere. It looks like uh the lethal weapon like somebody's gonna get <laughs> whacked in my kitchen. It's
1: and you nuts. gotta keep an eye on your wife.
0: Yeah, you know, cause she might leave at one of those guys. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Young construction so all seven guys. of them. I don't know what she's into. <laughs> Wait, uh, how old are the kids? So my son is 14 and my daughter is seven.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. So they're both doing um, Zoom school, or are they able to go in in person? My, they were both.
0: We started that for a couple of weeks, and then uh, my wife and I realized we are not good homeschool parents. Yeah. And they both had antibodies, and we were like, "Can we send them back to school?" My son hated it. He was his freshman year in high school. Yeah. And he had to start at home. He didn't know anybody. Right, didn't know where. Right, right. And uh, we got them both back in the school, and they're loving it. It's much better. Yeah. How are you
1: going to get bullied from home? As exactly. A <laughs> Oh, very comfortable. Whoa, <laughs> yeah. You might be in his house, but we're still I'm, on the radio. I'm so used to podcasting. Oh, um, the uh Yeah, my daughter's a senior in high school. That's Is she daughter. going or no? No, they don't oh, have it in California. Oh, that's awful. Yeah, and uh, California's really uptight. They just today are enacting a curfew. You can't be out after 10 o'clock at night in L.A. And And are
0: people in L.A.? Like, L.A. is so weird and liberal. Are they like, well, you know, we got to do what we got to do it. They're like, this is ridiculous.
1: Some people are moving. Like, Rogan moved yeah, Rogan because left. of it. Yeah, um, He left. Joey Diaz left. Segura's leaving. Ari Shafir left. Ari Duncan left the country. Trussell, he, yeah, he's going to <laughs> Latin yeah. America. Yeah. He's in New York now. He just texted me yesterday. He's in New York now, and he's going to Latin America soon. And then, uh, wait, who else? Uh, a ton of people left. And then, and then the rest of them got canceled. So it's like, you know, <laughs> right. there's like five guys that have been canceled. And so I'm thinking about like, when the Comedy Store reopens, the lineups are going to be sad.
0: Yeah, or we find the next wave of, uh, oh, of comedians. Exactly. Did you watch that Comedy Store show on Showtime? No, how is it? I thought it was very good. Yeah, it was a lot of things I didn't know about. Um, uh-huh. You know, just being a comedy fan. And uh they really I don't know who that guy is. I'm familiar with what he looks like, Mike Mike Bender. Bender. Yeah. I'm I recognize him but I'm not familiar with him. But he clearly has been around for a while because Letterman, Leno Uh, Romano, uh, Louie, like he got access to everybody. He
1: used to produce comedy shows. So he knew, they all respect him. I I don't know if it was Evening at the Improv or like like some of those early stand-up shows he was behind. Okay. He also had an
0: HBO show that he did that was pretty good. I forget the name of it, but uh, I remember watching him on HBO and he was a funny guy. I never saw him really do stand-up though.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. And and, uh, hearing Dice talk about being Dice and how he became Dice as a, you know, the process of going up there and the characters and all that stuff. It was it was a lot of things in there that I was uh, that I was unaware of, and and uh, Mitzi and how how much Mitzi Shore could really be, be responsible for. She was the Carson of right. making or breaking comedians. And Did how they deal
1: with the strike at all?
0: They dealt with the strike. And they dealt with, um, Rogan getting kicked out with the whole Rogan Mencia thing. And then Rogan coming back. And, and they have an interview with Rogan crying, uh, when Mitzi Shore died. Because, yeah. and they show him talking about her and crying because it just shows you how attached they were to her and how, how so many of those people looked to her as, as, you know, a leader and, and as somebody who, you know, made their career. Right. And how sad it was when she died. Uh, it it's very interesting. I watched all of them and I thought it was really good. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I took a pass. They didn't ask me to be in it, so I was like, "If every moment I watch it it would be painful." Yeah, because I've been I've been there, you know. What's your home club? uh, Well, my home club—I don't really have one in L.A. because there's like there's only three clubs, and so it's not like New York where there's so many rooms and you can do them every night. Um, So I was always like improv, uh, laugh factory. I didn't do the store when I first moved to L.A. because it was a dark, dark. Like depraved. So you were like, in that
0: bad time. But...
1: I was there in the bad time, and I showed up, and I, I showed up once, and I got bumped by like one of the Wayne's brothers who did an hour, and like every everybody was just showing up and going on. I was yeah. like, I got a spot at ten fifteen at the Improv. That, now I'm going to miss that. Yeah. So I just never went back, and then and, and then and then all of a sudden, um, when Adam Egit came in, who I knew because I used to do the um, Tempe Improv, and right. he was the manager there. So then he came in and did a um and, and took over and then he called me and he goes, Why don't you come in and start working the store? Yeah. And so I came in and all of a sudden it was this renaissance. It was like it was like a dark, musty room and all of a sudden they, they opened up the roof and like sunlight came that's, in. That's
0: that's a big part of the thing about when he took over. Yeah. All the comedians said he, he brought women in, he brought right. uh folks that weren't big names and <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and and he, but he did, he did the changes he made there. Yeah, yeah. Put that club back. Yeah, on track.
1: and all of a sudden it was like the place to be. And not and and the thing is, I miss being on stage there, but I also miss being backstage and Jeff Ross, you know, making funnier. And yeah. then you know you get high with with Joey Diaz, uh-huh. and then and then you're there, and then you you sit there with Rogan till two in the morning talking about comedy, space and,
0: time continuum. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's just
1: like it was such a good hang.
0: Do you get high a lot? No, neither do I. But I feel compelled at some points. Like if I'm with Joey Diaz and he's like, "You want to see Jesus?" Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I yeah, wanna... yeah. Like uh, Cheech and Chong were on the show with us one time, and I was like, "If they, if we could smoke pot with them, you have to smoke pot with them. Yeah. That's what you do, yeah. right?" right. Uh, I don't know. That's I don't. I don't smoke, but I would with certain people.
1: Yeah, too. as a matter of fact, I'm uh, what you call uh, California sober, which is high and dry.
0: Oh, I got gotcha. you. I don't. I haven't
1: had a drink in. Since 1990, so 30 years.
0: And how's your anger been?
1: Not good. (laughs) Not good. No, I'm finding I'm like sublimating a lot. Are you really? I'm working out a lot. I'm doing yoga. Because I have so much anger. What about therapy? Do you go to therapy? I'm trying to get a therapist right now. You can't get one. You can zoom a therapist? Dude, you can't even zoom. I I have called I'm I have the writer's guild insurance. Right. So I went through they got a list, pages and pages. Every nobody calls you back or you get a call back saying I'm Busy right now. I'm sorry. Wow. And so, like, I I need you right now. I'll help now. you
0: out. Whatever you need. Yeah. I would love to know the source of your anger. I know you had issues with your dad.
1: Yeah, dad was a seems, drunk.
0: But it seems like you move. See, I always think like my thing is. uh like, Bobby Kelly is, is constantly going to AA meetings. He's
1: been sober longer than me. And he still goes to Zoom meetings every day. That's right. Well, I'm like, get over yeah, it. I'm like, now, you need a drink is what you need. No, listen. Guys like you are responsible for more people in rehab. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know what it is? Is AA is an amazing program, even if you're, even if you're not a drunk to go in there and work those 12 steps the self actualization that you go through you're checking you're checking your But you ego should all be able time. to do that
0: on your show. That's how I that's what I feel. I feel like I don't need therapy because I've been able to talk about everything in my life on this show. Yeah. Everything well, like I talk about uh I I you know I have a great relationship with my dad now. He's a he's a great dad, but we I didn't. yeah, And I don't deny it. I talk about our, you know, whatever. And uh I got that's the only source of my of any sort of, you know, childhood anger and that's all taken care of for the last for more than my adult life, you know what I mean? So I I don't have any. I mean, I'm not angry. I'm I'm the most laid back happy guy you ever. What about see. your weight? I've lost weight, but you I know, what, but I you know, I know why I have a weight problem. Yeah, it's be- it's not because of psychological. By the thing.
1: way, I was only saying that to try to get you angry. To oh no, no, no! I, I told you nothing <laughs> gets me.
0: But you know what? When you work yeah. with a jerk off like Bobby Kelly, every day, is yeah, constantly yeah, yeah. calling you fat, right. and he's fat, and he's fat. You, you. You, you, I'm used to it. Right. No, but he said that to me as well people sometimes have weight problems because they have a psychological problem that they can't work through. Yeah. I don't. When I was a kid, we were... And I, and I don't mean to... I'm not trying to sound dramatic on this, but we were poor. Yeah. and And what you got for your next meal was uh you know uh, we were like where are we eating what are we eating you know and we ate a lot of fast food because it was cheap my mother was a single mother with two kids you can go to burger king for five dollars and feed them whereas you know trying to go to the grocery store and make them a healthy meal every night so that's why it's not you're also
1: a thick dude
0: i'm I'm almost six three yeah i'm a big guy so and my father's a big guy yeah so i i that's where it ends there now that I'm older and I have some money, I'm like, you know what? I just ordered steak tips from Dom's Man. in Boston and they we're getting pizza from, uh, Chicago. next actually now I just, I'm eating the money, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. But, uh, no, but I lost weight this year and, uh, I'm still in the process of losing weight. So I'm good, but it has nothing have to do you, with psychological.
1: So, and I'm, and obviously you're in a happy marriage and that is also a form of therapy when you have somebody that you can really bring your insecurities to and they married be- to a therapist. Well, oh, can't. Talk. Well, what are you no, talking no, 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 no. about?
0: <laughs> no, no, can't talk to her about nothing because she makes fun of me.
1: Oh. <laughs> I, I,
0: I do take um, uh, Lexapro, and for depression. And I, I take I, it too. Really, depression didn't hit me until my son was born. Yeah, I started having tremendous anxiety about uh, having him. And I think it was because prior to him being born, when my wife was pregnant, I was I was abruptly fired, and I thought, what am I going to do now? So then when that kid was born, I, got a, I had a job. I had this job, uh, which was better, but I still had all this anxiety if something happened to him. What if I drop him? What if he drowns? I don't know. It was dry, ridiculous thoughts.
1: Do you think your relationship with your father had any, was that a source of anxiety as well? Like, can I be a good father because my father wasn't a good father? No, I, no I wanted to
0: be a father since I, I since I was a teenager, I I knew I'd be the greatest father. Right. Yeah. I have no. I love my kids to the point of disgust. Yeah. And so I'm not. I was not really worried about that. I had a good mother. Yeah. And also, I I never felt unloved by my father. We just didn't see each other a lot. Right. You know what I mean. So, yeah. um, I don't know. No, I,
1: I think it can swing back. Like for me, and you know, not to knock my dad, like you know, but. He was not a good dad, and and it made me want that much more to be a good dad. Right. And it was like it kept – every time I found myself being distant, coming home and being on my phone, I suddenly was ashamed, and it snapped me into – connect with your kid yep. because that's the whole point yep. is just be there. You don't have to be entertaining. You don't have to be full of like, you don't have to be Kyle bronze feeling <laughs> like, you know, you just have to connect and listen.
0: Yeah. That's the absolute truth. And you know, when you've made that relationship with the kid yeah. and that's why I feel comfortable about that. Right. By the way, I want to, I want to point out a couple of things about my wife being the therapist.
1: Yeah.
0: I was, uh, I had a revelation on this show that I was molested as a child one time. And, uh, no one wants to give me any credit for it because it was by a girl. Because it was by a girl that was basically the same age as you. No, she it was not. Ah. It, it keeps on getting different. When he first started saying it, he was seven and she was like uh, nine. Now it's uh, he no. was three and she was 25. No. no. Yeah. I was, my parents are still married, so I had to be under five. Yeah. And uh, she was probably like uh, like eight or nine. Like she was in grade was school. her deal? She uh, she
1: was probably molested.
0: Well, she seemed to me like she was just figuring out what her stuff does. Yeah. And she was like, you should see my stuff. Let me see your stuff. Like, it wasn't like uh, she She held over my head. I was a big Fonzie fan. I was a big Happy Days fan. And she told me that she had a Happy Days board game. And that if I did stuff to her, we could then play the Happy Days board game. And I was like, okay. So hey! he, gave, <laughs> he gave her a thumbs up. I gave her, <laughs> I gave her a thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, 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 I sat on it. Yeah, yeah. And then it turned out she didn't have the Happy Days board game. So I, so I tell this story on the air, looking for support from my radio family. And they just mock me. And then I look to my audience for support. And what did they do for my birthday? They all bought Happy Days board games on <laughs> eBay. It's known to me. So then you would think that my therapist's wife would weigh in on this and be like, look, it's a traumatic experience, no matter if it's a guy or a girl and the whole thing. And she's like, oh, no, that's not that big deal. That's child's play. And I'm like, oh, okay. Great, yeah. good, Thank you. Right. So I get no support on that. Yeah. So really, uh, what do I need to go to a therapist so she could laugh at me like these people do? I'm done.
1: So your wife laughs at you. That she's probably wants to laugh at her patients all day and yeah. has to hold her tongue, so she takes it out on you. Probably. What type of therapy does she do?
0: Well, she works with kids. She works with. Uh, she's a therapist at a school for girls. Yeah. Uh, and she now she doesn't do the therapy every day. She's a counselor for after they leave the school. She follows up with them and does that kind of stuff. But she uh, she did do other, you know, where she would be with other, with families and do that other stuff and mostly working with families and children. And, um, you know, she has no problem just throwing stuff back in my face. Just me. Like she wouldn't do that to any other patient.
1: Does she, because she's a therapist, is she more understanding of your like sexual peccadilloes? Like if you came up with something kinky, she would be like, this is healthy. This is role playing.
0: Um, yeah i mean we aren't doing it necessarily but she is understanding of it sure she has to live a uh the other day i just posted some on my instagram a girl i put a picture up on my facebook for her birthday said oh, happy birthday to my beautiful wife and some girl emailed me and said if you and your wife ever want to have a threesome i'd be totally down so i texted to my wife what said, did the
1: girl look like yeah she was pretty cute yeah
0: and I said, uh, hey, do you, you know, this girl wants to have a threesome?" And She's like, who is that? I go, some girl on Snapchat. And she goes, oh. And she goes, well, no, thank you. And I wrote back, okay. And I said to the girl, no, no, thank you. And she's like, all right, well, let me know if it's changing. It. That's my life. Yeah. Every girl is like, your wife's hot. I would totally yeah, bang your yeah, wife. I'm like, yeah, 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 let's do that. Right. I was like, no, thank you. Right. You know, so wow. that's, that's the struggle. Well,
1: maybe one of these construction guys have a three-way. We have the devil's, uh, the Cavanaugh three-way. I have asked
0: about that yeah. not that i'm interested in doing that and i'm like maybe i could run a bargain like i'll get a three-way if i give a three-way yeah yeah not interested not right yeah. right i guess this is good enough for her <laughs> well <laughs> this package is all
1: she yeah, wants in life. yeah yeah right yeah. um no that's cool i like because i was watching an hbo show the other night and they you know they have those real sex shows yeah. where people do sit like kinky and uh there was this there was this Guy, wait, who was it? The guy, the guy was on all fours, naked with a saddle on, oh. and then the wife is in, you know, Spanx and a cowboy hat, and she gets on his back. First of all, these people like, Who's do they not have yet? neighbors? I don't know his name. And then she has a carrot, and she.
0: Uh, yeah, I know what you're saying, though. <laughs> and I just thought
1: to myself, like, good for them. Yeah, you know, that's they. The... They figured that out, and you know, that's not. It's uh, they didn't know right away... It was trial and error.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they because first they started with a cucumber and they were like, "Well, <laughs> yeah, that's not going to work." That's
1: right. They went through the whole produce yeah, section yeah. and suddenly it was like, "It's a carrot!"
0: <laughs> so I hosted. Uh, Bobby was at Sidesput a couple of weeks ago, and yeah. I and I hosted the show, and I went out there and there was directly in front of me was a table that had what I thought was a giant lesbian woman. I not shouldn't say giant. She was just looked like an average. Lesbian, <laughs> a uh, a giant black guy, and really a giant... saved yourself on that one. Yeah. Well, I'm, uh, she knows it. She has short hair and she's a little bit bigger. And then there is a uh, giant redheaded guy. So I had a question about uh, gay guys. So I go, where are the gay folks at? And the black guy just slowly raised his hand right in front of me. I go, are you right here in front of me? And he's like, yep. And I go, you and you and him? And the guy goes, it's complicated. And I go. Well, what's complicated about it, Are you doing it or not? And he goes, Well, the guy the red headed guy's like, I'm married to her and I'm bisexual and I fool around with him and I'm, and then there's this other little skinny guy behind him like, well, Oh, what do you do? He's like, uh whatever, you know, and they were a table of There's a black guy, a redhead, a lesbian-looking chick, and a skinny white guy. And they all go out to a comedy club, get a couple of drinks, and they all go back home and bang each other. And I thought, you guys figured it all out. Everybody's
1: happy. That's right. There's no
0: unhappiness here out of all of you.
1: And it's like, to find that and to have the guts and the freedom to let yourself do that, like... My wife has actually said, because I'm Irish Catholic, right. so my wife has said, and she's a liberal Jew from Manhattan, <laughs> right. so she was always just like, you know, whatever, whatever. you give any ideas, and I'm like, and I would try stuff.
0: Like what? Like, what, like she needed ideas, or she was asking what you were thinking about? She,
1: it wasn't that she was unsatisfied, it was that oh, she, she wanted, wanted to make more? sure I was doing, oh, okay. I was getting everything, and, uh, and so I said, I want to have a three-way and she was like i'd be open to that and so so we're out one night and uh and we're at some some party it was at like a fancy nightclub and we start talking this woman was a publicist and i mean she was like the real like la publicist like sexy well fit like expensive clothes expensive haircut smell good fake breasts smell good and she starts talking to my wife, and I mean, it's the three of us talking. But she sits like leg to leg with my wife, and is talk. And my wife's super <clears> hot, <throat> right? And and, uh, and by the way, if you Google Greg Fitzsimmons' wife, that's
0: not your wife, not my
1: <laughs> wife. It's this, it's, and she's a Florida comic. It's uh, a woman that I worked with, and we took a picture. Oh, after that's the show, funny. And somehow it got, like, yeah. it got tagged as my wife. So, anyway, uh, so she's leaning in and she's putting her hand on her leg, and, I, and, I, and she goes to the bathroom. And I look at my wife and I go, What are we doing? Is What's going on one? here? Yeah. She's like, This could be it. and really? Then, and then the woman on the way back from the bathroom, this guy starts hitting on her, and he
0: moved right he in. He moved right in. Son of a bitch.
1: But I gave it to the wife that night like she'd never. Yeah, had
0: it. yeah. Were you talking to her about it? You wish that girl yeah, was here, yeah, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. right. Would you wife swap? With strangers or with people you know?
1: It's people I know. That's
0: what I think, too. I don't, I don't trust a stranger.
1: No, people I know, and I know the couple. Yeah. Yeah, I know the couple. And, um, you know, the thing is, is when you get to a certain... I don't know if you even have to be at a certain age. As a man, if a woman gets in your radius... She is going to... She is fodder. She is sexual fodder in your mind from that point forward. Yeah. I always like, say
0: if I'm grocery shopping and I see a woman drop something, I'm like, what's up? Yeah. At <laughs> all times.
1: That's in the Rolodex, and mm-hmm. that will be used later to yeah. help you with, your, with your own wife. Absolutely. Right. And so, like, when I work on TV shows, it's always like... There's always, like, 23-year-old interns, and you just... Yeah, I feel like it's the reason I work. It's the reason <laughs> I work on shows. Just to absorb. It's almost like I'm sucking their souls out.
0: Do you... and I, I, I'm 49. I would imagine we're close in age. I'm
1: 54.
0: Okay, so you get to a certain point where, and I never thought that this would happen, where a girl would be too young. Like, I'd look at a girl and I'd go, yeah, I mean, I could, I could have sex with her, but I I could also just look at her and go, she's hot, but I'm, I'm too old for that. I, I never thought I'd get to that age.
1: I play this game on the way to my, again, my office is five minutes away, so I have this drive, and on the drive I play this game where I look at women on the street, and I decide whether or not... One of them has to have sex with me. I can pick I can pick one. Okay. But the game is, if I see one, I have to say, she's the one. But then if I see a hotter one later, I can't have so the already, hotter you're one.
0: You're already committed <laughs> to the other one.
1: Yes. And then the game is... But then if I get to my office and I haven't picked one, I have to have sex with the ugliest woman along the way it could be like a 300 pound spanish nanny hey whatever no yeah. and uh, and so, and so uh and and it's like it's true if a girl is too young i don't pick her
0: yeah and it's it's not it's not that you don't find them attractive or yeah. anything and it has nothing to do with the fact that i have kids i just realized i went over that hump i went too far
1: yeah I'm it a- is
0: good to know sometimes i can still get them
1: yes yes yeah, yeah 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 well there's always girls with daddy issues yeah, i mean i have that. friends that have gotten divorced the big thing with my friends i have two of my friends that got divorced that are my age and started dating girls in their early 20s i'm like guys give me a break
0: i can't see that happen bobby slayton said that one time when Carmen first started working for us but carmen went out and she was new to us we still thought she was hot and uh she
1: was super hot when she, she was super was, hot yeah.
0: yeah and then uh she brings bobby slayton in and i go huh how about that and he goes what what am i going to do with that i go oh it's a, a it's a hot chick and he goes you know i goes what am i going to do i can't talk to her about the beatles and i was like mm, whatever grumpy old man but now i get it yeah. I, I go out with a girl and she starts talking to me about the ti and tiny show i don't want to hear about yeah. that
1: you know what I mean? <laughs> but, um, also it's like i don't know sexually like when i was younger 50 minutes was my number
0: that's how long you were going?
1: That's how long I was going. And I, and I didn't ever plan it. I wasn't looking at the clock. Right. But then I started noticing it was always 50 yeah, minutes. average time. And now it's like 14. Yeah. And I don't that's want all... some young girl that's looking for 50 minutes from No, me.
0: no, no, no. You've got a mission. You know what I mean? Before, I, I, I also, I care about the other girl. Like, I feel like I'm, yes. I'm here to do a job.
1: Absolutely. And, I,
0: and I'm not into just getting in and out. And uh, I feel like if I failed the job, I fail. It's still going to be good for me, but I feel like it's an overall failure. But now I, I do care less about that. And now with my with my wife, I'm saying I, I, would, I would rather super serve her. Yeah. But I I think she's now at the age where she's like, let's just get it over with.
1: I would say women would describe you as a super serving.
0: Super server, yeah.
1: I, was, um, uh, I do this bit about going to the beach with my son and this – Girl comes running into the ocean and she's got a little bikini, huge breast. She's like 17. And then the crowd moans, and I go, I mean, 19 or, or like 21. <laughs> and like, I realize, like, my son's 20 now. Yeah. I can't make jokes. My daughter is 17. Yeah, that's. So all of a sudden, I'm just like, not doing that joke anymore.
0: Yeah, that's really weird.
1: Or I'm doing it, but I feel creepy. Uh,
0: Greg Fitzsimmons <laughs> is here with us, and he is going to be at Side Splitters. I would imagine, tonight through Saturday.
1: Tonight through Saturday. We got, th- for some ungodly reason, three shows this bonehead's got me doing three shows on a Saturday. How funny do you think I am?
0: No. You think, <laughs> I, you
1: think I can be funny for three hours?
0: Listen, this guy didn't have... This What's guy that? Get the <laughs> he wasn't allowed to have people in this place before. He's like, yeah, look, yeah, do yeah, as many yeah, goddamn right, shows right. as you can. Right. Uh I, I have to tell you, they uh put new carpet
1: in that place. Yeah.
0: They took the stupid furniture off stage. Mm-hmm. Uh they've got um air, air purifiers. purifiers. I mean they're they're doing it right over there. We had a good no, time there last night. And week.
1: it really is one of my favorite clubs in the country. I feel so I've been I've done it twice in nine months. Oh. And last night I'm on stage and I, f- I felt like I'd been doing it the whole time. It's like yeah. the crowds are so like supportive and uh and it's just a, Comedy's weird. Sometimes it's just the physical shape of the room. The low ceiling I get that from comedians a lot. They love that yeah. low ceiling and thing. And this room is just tight. It's like it's it's like a living room. It's yeah. awesome.
0: Uh, what's the uh, relationship like with Howard these days? Do you see him anymore? Talk to him anymore? No,
1: I mean, I email with him once in a while, but the show changed. I mean, guys like me are not getting on. I mean, I think Colin gets on still once in a while. Um, you don't see a tell on there. You don't see Nick DiPaolo on there. No, it's more of like you know Gwen Stefani and you know.
0: I don't understand that. I mean, I, I don't understand. Uh, I'm not mad at him. The guy's a genius. He, no,
1: he, I respect what he's doing. But I, mean, I, that's I a change I, you wanted to make.
0: And and he and he deserves to do whatever he wants yeah. at this point in his career because he's earned every ounce of it. I just don't like it anymore. No, and I was such a diehard. I, I loved it i the other day i tuned in for the first time in a long time i made an appointment to tune in because i wanted to hear wolfgang van halen and i listened to it and i was like i don't even know who this guy is anymore i mean he yeah. just he's more i don't know i he's still great at what he does still does great interviews. it's just not what it used to be so it's not i also used to like wrestling and i outgrew it after a while yeah you know what i mean so i yeah. just thought maybe it's me last too. year last year. <laughs> I mean, I might still go back to wrestling, you never yeah, know. Yeah. I'm not canceling my subscription or anything like that. It's just not what what I uh I grew up listening to and what yeah. it's become now. So, um I don't and like we were talking about off the air, there's so many great podcasts and so many guys doing Great shows that you can listen to whenever you want. The, the other thing is Rogan. I I love Rogan. I love what he does and what he's done for the whole podcasting thing. But I can't sit through that whole four hour show or whatever. You know, it's he a decides to do. That. Yeah, I like watching his clips on YouTube, now, and I'm good enough with that. And
1: here's what's the worst: is like if you do Rogan, and you're gonna you're gonna sell out. Like I did Rogan. Remember last time I came down? I did Rogan the week before? Sold out all the shows. Yeah. And uh, but. You don't plug the shows until the end. Right. So it's like how many people are are still on after three hours? But you know what? It doesn't matter. He does all his ads at the beginning. So it's so easy to fast forward and not listen. Doesn't matter. Those advertisers line up to get. I, I can tell you off air how much he's getting. Oh, I've ad. heard
0: Birds told me some. It's, it's ridiculous.
1: Crazy. And good
0: for him. I mean, and, and uh, you know, the fact that Spotify was willing to pay him as much money as they did shows that he's people are dying advertising. Not on the only show. has
1: he got his hundred million from Spotify, he gets to keep all that ad revenue. <sighs> good Plus, for him. he owns a piece of that on it.
0: Oh Biden yeah, effect. yeah. I see that. Like yeah, they right, were yeah. just
1: to start out. They were a startup company. Yeah. They gave him a huge chunk of it, and he said, "I'll just, I won't charge you for ads. Give me, you a, give me a piece of the company."
0: There's the Shatner Priceline deal. Yeah, and now he's, he's got a his guy.
1: MMA money. Yep. He's got his stand-up money, which is huge. He's out there playing five, ten thousand seat places. Yeah,
0: that's good for him, man. I love his success story. I'm not. I don't get mad at people's success. I love I. it.
1: Plus, we started to We were roommates when we started. Shut in up! Really? Yeah. yeah. And so we would go out, and we were just we were grinding it harder than anybody else. We would yeah. get in the car, and we would drive to Providence one night to do 10 minutes for free. Uh-huh. It was our first year. Second night, we'd go up to Maine, and we would do 20 minutes for 50 dollars, no hotel room. Right. And then we would go to Springfield Mass the next night. We didn't care, as long as we get stage time, and, and we were hungry, and he was already so in your face that after, after maybe two years he was headlining because none of the headliners wanted to follow him anymore. Yeah. And, and he just was like, he was an outlier. He always was. What,
0: I have a question. So when you go to a comedy store or a comedy seller, like the first time, I, my first experience as a comedy seller, I was doing I was doing Mornings which was probably in the, in the early 2000s. And uh, I was an Opie and Anthony fan and Jim Norton. I thought Jim Norton was the greatest. And I was in uh, a restaurant in Manhattan with my wife. And I was like, let me look up and see who what comedians are in town. Maybe we can go do that tonight. And I looked at the Comedy Cellar lineup for the first time, and it was, like, David Tell, Jeff Ross, Rich Voss. And I was, like, all in one. I couldn't yeah. believe. What, I was like, I I never heard. Last time I went to a comedy show in New York, it was Jay Moore for an hour. I didn't know what else. So we got in a cab, and we raced over to the Comedy Wait, Cellar. Are you
1: saying that's a good thing? <laughs> well, for it, was,
0: it was a long time ago. Yeah. And we raced over to the Comedy Cellar, and... There's Norton, and there's guys just walking around. I'm like, what is this magical land that i am yeah, in? over yeah. here? But my question is, is that when do those guys get paid? Like, when you were at the comedy store, bucks. that's what I'm saying. And do you collect it that night, or do they pay you? Yeah,
1: they pay you in cab. They just
0: go, here, 20 bucks, and, and you use you you it for the cab. then you get a free meal. But yeah. the thing
1: is, like, when, when I first came to New York, I was, like, struggling. And that free meal and that 20 bucks, first of all, life. you spend half of it to take a cab to the next show. Right. You, uh, you go out, you try to do five, six shows in a night. Sure. And so at the end of the night you made 100 bucks maybe minus cab fare. Yeah. So that free meal really meant something. And somehow like the romance of sti- of still getting that 20 and cash. Like like Jay Leno used to do a show at the Comedy Magic Club in Hermosa yeah. every Sunday night. And he would do it on Sunday night because he would go through the news of the weekend and work so worked, he out worked his right? out for his monologue. But people paid 20 bucks to get in. The place maybe holds 200 people. So right. what is that Four grand? Yeah. He would want that money in cash before he left every
0: night. <laughs> the money that he got, yeah, for that—that that is yep. so funny.
1: Yep, but um, no, the lineups like you know it's the same thing with the comedy store. You go on any given night, and it's Sebastian, then it's Eliza, and then it's Ali Wong, and then it's um, Diaz and Rogan, and um, you know uh, it, it's it's so Anthony Jeselnik, and it's and you're paying. Less than you would pay on the road to watch one of these guys. Yeah, in a room that's smaller and more intimate and better than some big theater that you would pay sixty bucks for on the right, road. Right, right. It's crazy, and you know the the comedy clubs, uh, these showcase rooms in New York and L. A. They're making a fortune.
0: Oh yeah, I, I I thought you know that that would be good. I was trying to buy the club with him, buy sidesplitters. And then, uh, and then, oh really? Yeah. And once the pandemic hit, I was a like, good thing he got stuck with it.
1: <laughs> 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 but
0: now this guy is uh sidespreaders opened up a second location up in Wesley Chapel over here. Oh, I, mean, I didn't is, know that. Yeah, it's. it's I mean. It, those, those guys know what they're doing. If they're doing it right and the yeah. people like them and the comics want to come play their club, yeah. that's a, that's a great deal.
1: Yeah. It's, it's tough. I mean, I, I know, um, a lot of the clubs were really struggling and we did a lot of like go fund me stuff for staffs at clubs. Yep. I really feel bad for them because, you know, a lot of these people have kids and, yeah. you know, they were counting on this money and it's not like, you know, I don't know what unemployment's like in Florida. Is it, but it's uh,
0: it's it's we did it too for we. What we did was, um, we we had this girl and she had a uh, a Venmo, and she was a bartender and she had a good clientele and she was like, hey, I, you can't come to my bar, but uh, I would be making you those drinks at home. So every time you make a drink at home, tip me a dollar. Uh... And we laughed and I go, oh, that's actually a great idea. Yeah, yeah. So we started collecting Venmos of local bartenders uh-huh. putting a feature one every day oh that's amazing talk, I, got, I got two million people listening to this show if a quarter of our audience sent them a dollar yeah we're keeping people alive that's and we amazing. did it for like two months it was great these people are like in a couple hundred dollars a couple yeah. of thousand dollars depending on how hot they were right uh, <laughs> and, it were, and it worked out really well and then and i did it, it for in...
1: strippers every time i took my clothes off there you go i'd send a dollar to a stripper <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: another thing i can't get into anymore Strip no, clubs.
1: Now I'm done. They're we, too young.
0: We had, we went to one. The station did an appearance there last year, and I was like, hey, we should go. We haven't been there in forever. Yeah. And I went there, and I was like, oh, I just feel bad for her. She clearly doesn't want to be here. Yeah. That one, she's got a drug problem. Yeah. I can tell just by the way she walks. <laughs> I'm like, I, what, what's wrong with me? Yeah, right, right. I used to go, hey, how can I date that girl? Yeah. And I, now I'm like, I'm feeling bad for well, them.
1: Well, I went up to the Bunny Ranch in Nevada one time. because Yeah, I was, I've been there. Yeah so Dennis Hoff invited me and I called my wife. I'm like, "Can I can I go visit?" She goes, "You mean just visit, yeah. right?" So I go and uh, and I walk in and the girls jump up and they line up and there's like 8 of them and they're they're I'm surprised at how hot they yes. are. Yes. And then I and then he looks at me and he goes, "Which one of you think makes the most money?" And I was like I was like, "I don't know, probably that one with the fake boobs, the platinum blonde." And he points at the end of the row. And there's this, like, 45-year-old woman, and he goes, she makes the most money because older guys come in, and they don't want to be with their granddaughters. Right.
0: They want to be with the one that's... Yeah. That's so interesting. What would you pick?
1: Asian. Yeah? Yeah. I've never been with an Asian woman.
0: Uh, yeah. Kind of. Or At- an Asian guy. I don't care. <laughs> no. Uh. I, I. I think I've been with... Every type of woman—I've been a black chick, I've been a white chick, a Puerto Rican chick—you know. So I don't. My thing is when Dennis Hoff, was—we used to have him on all the time. I loved him. When we we went out there one time, I brought a group of guys out there, our listeners. And I I don't I couldn't see me going out and just picking a girl but if I was, I would have picked the midget without a doubt. Yeah. I want something that I, the midget? Yeah, I want something that I can't get yeah. on an average. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That's true. You know? You ever hear if you've had Bobby Lee on the show, right? I love Bobby Lee. He told his story about going down to Tijuana and uh, he went with a bunch of guys. This is when he was still drinking. Right. He goes with a bunch of guys and they get there and sure enough. It's, like, Fleet Week. Right. And, like, every <laughs> oh, Navy there. guy is, like, already taking every girl. Yeah. Well, they go to strip clubs. None of the girls are on the floor. They're all in back rooms with sailors. Yeah. They go to the – there's a, a, a neighborhood that's all, like, brothels. And they walk in brothel after brothel. There's nothing left. And then they walk outside of a brothel, and there's an alley. And in the, black, in the back alley, there's, like, three women. Oh, really? And they are down that's and dirty. Yeah. And, you know, one of them's got, like, her kit. And uh, and, there's, and there was a midget at the at the end, uh-huh. and he and he picked a midget, yeah. and he said, and it, he said it was so exciting that he went back to Tijuana like six months later, and all the girls were in the clubs and they're looking at all the hotties, and he's like,
0: find that midget, where is she? Yeah. And he
1: found her. <laughs> oh, he did.
0: <laughs> it's like playing Pokemon. Uh, yeah, you got to go hunt her out.
1: <laughs> uh, that was great. You're a sniper, man. Uh, I don't hear much from you, but it's good when it comes in. <laughs>
0: That is that would be that's just my theory of the way I would do it. Like I would want something that I can't guarantee that I can go find somewhere. Yeah, and, right, you know, right. If you're gonna pay for it, make it a fantasy. Do the whole thing, and yeah. I think I would probably do two if I was gonna do it. I don't know. I don't have that. I you don't ever been really...
1: with a prostitute.
0: No, I, I shouldn't say that. I I never went to a place. I've been at parties like like um, uh, bachelor parties and stuff where they had. Prostitutes come in that sort of thing, but yeah. even that's kind of that's fun when you're young, and all of a sudden but it's kind of gross.
1: When I was a teenager, when I was like 16, we used to drive down to Hunts Point Market in the Bronx, yeah. which was like the yeah. sleazy part of the Bronx.
0: Some of my friends from high school used to do that, and I used to think I would do I would do that. I didn't want my girlfriend to find out, but I would do it.
1: Five dollars. Oh, 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 wow! And and
0: right off the street,
1: right off the street.
0: See. See where my friends used to go would be a, there was a place in Brooklyn, like a hotel, yeah. And you can go and pay to go in there, and it was a, it was like a hotel brothel kind of thing. Yeah. And that's why I was always tempted to go, and I never. I, I don't think I was scared. I was scared that my girlfriend was going to find out. Yeah. That was the only reason I never went with them. Yeah. It was always the older kids, and I was like, nah, gonna, I All don't. to, right. But uh, I don't. I don't regret not going there either. Cause God knows what. I always wonder if I'm in one of those positions and some guys just come in with machine guns and I'm like, yeah. okay, well, I've, now I can't even tell the cops that I got robbed because yeah. I have to start the story with, well, I was with a hooker. <laughs> uh, yeah, it right. Never, it never works out. Yeah,
1: whatever happened to Robert Kraft? Did he, did he get dismissed? Yeah, they dropped the, the charges. The
0: they did. Yeah, And nope, did anybody care about that? Here's a single you know care about it
1: Yankees fans. <laughs> uh, I am I mean, sorry, not Yankees Giants fans. Even
0: Giants fans were like give the guy a break. Yeah. He's a, billi- a single billionaire yeah. who you know who cared the most Wang and Chang, who didn't get to go make their $1,000-a-week tip every week. They were like, "Well, uh, Mr. Bob was best tipper. You yeah, ruined they're the right, ones who got hurt right. by it. Now yeah. he can never go back again. Yeah. But I wonder why he wouldn't just have those people come to his house.
1: That's what's weird about it. It's almost like a fetish to want to go to some dirty – like, think about how dirty those spas must be. Yeah. You think they're changing linens between guys coming no, in there? No,
0: no, 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 no. No, that's got to be gross. Yeah. And also, I had a friend who used to play for the Yankees, and um the, behind where where Steinbrenner Field is where the Yankees had spring training behind that is an area we call Jack Shack City it in the, in the 90s it had lingerie modeling and massage places, all that and it was great because it was like a real in the daytime it was tire stores and windshield yeah. fixes and all that nobody ever went back there. It was the area by the airport. But at nighttime it became Jack Shack City. Yeah. So uh I was like, Oh, we should go to after the game we should go to Jack Shack City one night and he's like, Hell no and I go, Why? And he goes We they give us a class on that stuff before the season starts. He's he's like they bring in security experts and they show us all these hidden cameras and they are they got everybody on film.
1: Really? Yeah. So I
0: still went one time. And I didn't care if they had on film. I was yeah, single yeah, and I was yeah. a kid and I, right. I don't care. And uh, it was pretty it was pretty sexy, I'm not gonna lie. The girl yeah. was gorgeous and we uh-huh. did a little dance and she gave me a little one of these and yeah. I was like, Yeah, and then I never went back again. Yeah, yeah. 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 I got that out of the way. Right,
1: so. right. Now they're everywhere in LA. I mean, I, it's it's uh, I live in Venice and you drive up Lincoln Boulevard and I mean every other block. Yeah. And it's like you can always tell which I talked to Keith Robinson about this because he's an aficionado about these places, right? And he's like telling me how you can tell if it's a if it's a Jack Jack, yeah. And he said it's it's uh it's always on the second floor.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there's
1: always a pair of feet, like neon feet, in the window. Oh, really? Yes, yeah, so a lot of times they're, they're called like Happy Foot Massage.
0: Oh, I never noticed that.
1: Um, there's uh when you walk into the lobby, there's a bulletproof. Glass. you Does
0: <laughs> <laughs> it? You say Keith Robinson? Keith, one of the funniest human beings ever. One of the funniest the, guys in the world. Angriest, oldest, drunk. Yeah. Like I couldn't. Uh, hey, hey, Asian lady, come here, rub my back.
1: <laughs> just, no, not this. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I was stupid. Hi, on my shoulders. Oh, he's so funny. Um. I, yeah, I don't know. I know these are. Uh, if I was, if I was single though, I would probably be doing that. On the on the reg, I'd probably go into, like, massage places and all that other Without stuff. Without
1: a doubt, because, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, who's the victim? Right. Who's the victim here? You know, you, if you're a big tipper, mm-hmm. then uh, you're doing, especially in, like, you're not, like, I can't imagine. Imagine some of the guys. I mean, look at Robert Kraft. Yeah. Imagine having to touch Robert old Kraft. wrinkled
0: body. Oh, yeah. God. Oh, no, that's the thing. Uh I was talking about this the other day. So uh no, I refuse to take a break. Uh so if uh if um have you I have to be very gentle the way I can describe this. Have you asked your wife is there anything you, you want her to do to you that she won't do?
1: No, but we we'll do things like somebody'll introduce something new that uh it's unspoken.
0: Oh, you just do but it. But we'll do it. I asked my wife if she would uh do something to me. Just out of curiosity, how do I say this? I asked her if she would uh, eh, in the
1: yeah eh, yeah right,
0: and she goes, "Do you want me to?" And I go, "What if I did?" And she goes, "Yeah, if you wanted me to, I would." And I go, "All right." I go for the record, I never want you to. I go, but the fact that you would yeah speaks volumes. Right, that cannot be a good situation on anybody. Yeah, specifically on me. Right. I mean, you gotta climb in there you gotta
1: you gotta get in there dude. yeah
0: yeah so i'm i'm like but that made me feel so good that she said she would it
1: also it's great too because like i think you probably put your wife on a pedestal because she's got probably a master did you have master's degree she has a master's yeah degree. and she's she's better than you she's better looking than you yeah. and to be able to know that she would do something is dehumanizing lets me. you bring her down that's true love that. yeah yeah
0: i uh by the way i do put her on a pedestal but she's not better than me I'm clearly the best person I know. Yeah. And no one is more confident and loves himself more than I do. Wow. And not in a non-conceited way.
1: That's amazing.
0: Yeah. I do think I'm just wonderful.
1: What? Do you think that's because being an athlete probably helps like, Span- that, right?
0: Spanish agrees. I'm the furthest thing from an athlete.
1: <laughs> well, I thought you played football in college. <laughs> Who are you no? talking to? Yeah.
0: yeah. I went to community college. Uh, no, I, I didn't even play football in high school. Uh, I was just a street thug until I moved here. Wow. Yeah.
1: And you got all this confidence, mm-hmm. looking the way you do.
0: Yep, it's amazing to me sometimes.
1: But it is amazing because guys like you always do well with women because it's all confidence.
0: And my wife, people are always like, "Oh, his wife's with him for the money." My wife's been with me for seventeen years. Yeah, I haven't had a lot of money for a long time. Right, right. She, I, I told her the other day I was wearing. I had three pairs of jean shorts and three navy blue t-shirts when she met me. Two of them were big dog, and she hated that every time she saw me but yet she still loved me. She yeah. paid my electric bill and my electric got turned off. I had zero money. I lived right. with a guy who was just as ugly as I am. Right. And uh, there was nothing she was going to gain by being with me. Wow. And yet she was, yes. Yeah. So maybe that's where my confidence comes from. Yeah. I got that, so.
1: No, I found a woman who, uh, same thing, she has got a master's degree from Columbia and she's she looks like Julia Roberts. Oh, beautiful. And she is the most empathetic, caring... She. Does not possess an ego. She has no ego. Yeah. She has no, like, you're making me feel like this. It's just more like, is something going on with you? Oh, and that's like, good. Yeah.
0: So my wife, I would not say is empathetic. I would say is mean. Um. She's uh, grumpy, mean, and I don't know. I Really, the word I want to use is bitchy. Is she Italian? No, she's half Jew. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Jersey, though, uh, but yet I like you're that. You
1: married a Jersey. Yeah,
0: girl. I like her Jersey Jew grumpiness. Yeah. though. it fits us perfect. Right. She keeps me in line.
1: Mine's a half a Jew, also. Yeah,
0: half Jew, perfect.
1: I have, when I went to Boston University, I was exposed to Jews because we didn't have Jewish people where I grew up in New York. Yeah, well, I grew up in the suburbs, so okay. it was like there was it was a town. It was very diverse. We we I grew up in Tarrytown, so we had a GM plant. Okay, and so we had like. I would say a third of the kids in my school were black, a third were Hispanic, and a third were white. But for some reason, we did. We had like two Jewish kids. and And so I went to BU, and all of a sudden, I'm meeting these Japs from Long Island. Big, big bosoms mm-hmm. and perfume, and yeah. they would have sex at the drop of a hat, and they would have good sex. And afterwards would walk around naked they were totally comfortable with their body comfortable talking about sex the jewish culture doesn't have hang-ups about sex
0: well except that whole sheet thing if they that kind of jew
1: right i wonder if they like to have sex with the kkk guys did that seem like a perfect match i I don't know if i would say perfect but
0: i can understand why they
1: have some things in common but did you the (laughs) the kkk guy hates jews (laughs) except for the fact that they want to have sex with them (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, all right uh i'm spanish why are you saying that i mean i know i had a break now but why were you saying a break early we run out of commercial time yeah all right don't worry about it it'll be okay was, bridge, poor spanish they're always like, you have to tell him when he has to take a break. And he's like, I do. And I go, no, he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> he does. Uh, thank you for coming to the garage.
1: Thank you so much for having me, man. It's a pleasure. So great to see you. Yeah,
0: you're, you're the, I love having you on. And yeah. every time you come on, I know, I remember every time you come on, I talk about things that I never talked about before. Oh, good. I do. I remember, I remember, uh, we talked about my wife's, like, pregnancy one time. And I went, I remember afterwards, I like, go, oh, wow, that's so weird. I never, talked about that on there and you said it's funny you said that to me last time i was here uh, you bring you have a way to bring it out there's certain people that do it good you know what i mean you just want to talk yeah uh the fitz dog podcast
1: fitz dog radio and then Sunday papers is one I do every Sunday with my best friend from college, Mike Gibbons.
0: Oh, I love Mike Gibbons. He's great. Mike you know, Gibbons from he was a producer of uh, the late show. With yeah, Kilburn, yeah. Look at you, the good right. one, the yeah, Show. Yeah,
1: he created Tosh.0. Oh, he created. Oh, I didn't know he Spades did that. show on Comedy Central. Yeah. He's they should have gave aren't. him
0: that late night show. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Oh, you saw great. the
1: night the week he did it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'll tell him that. He'll love to hear that.
0: We, I actually, I remember this now. I think I'm not sure if I knew you or not, but I called in to your podcast one time when he was on.
1: Oh, and I, wow. I asked
0: him about Kilborn leaving. What the real deal was there? No kidding. Because we Galvin and I talk about we loved Kilborn. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was the best. Yeah, yeah, he was the best. The best since Letterman. Nobody yeah. else had done it like a different thing until then. Yeah, Kilborn right. came in and just crushed it. No, he
1: it. took that ESPN energy and he yeah. came in on the Daily Show. And but then, he was
0: such a snarky. Yeah, yeah. And then he did satellite radio and i the first time i ever heard about robert evans he did a thanksgiving show from robert evans house with robert evans and they did it while they were in bed together no and i kidding. was like this is this is the best thing i've ever heard wow. yeah I, and then that's it's sad to see that you don't see that dude anymore
1: well no i know and mike mike told me this funny story about kilbourne he came in one day and like the critics didn't like Kilbourne, no. and so he comes in and he goes, Craig, you got a good, uh, you got a good review, and I forget what the paper was. And so Craig's reading it, and he and it says uh, the show takes chances, and Kilborn's persona is is different, and it's dead on. And Kilborn looks at Mike, and he goes, "What persona?" <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. I bet he is exactly he no like idea. that yeah
1: that's exactly so funny like that. but anyway so me and Mike do a show called Sunday Papers on Sunday where we, we read the Sunday paper we have jokes written for each section business travel front page <laughs> and so that comes out every Sunday
0: oh that's great yeah. and where do you what's the best way to find all your stuff
1: Fitzdog.com and uh, yeah you can uh, you can hang out on there
0: and go see uh, Greg at Sidesplitters I, I, I'm telling you if you were at the roast, brought the house down at the end of the roast uh, his, he's written for such you know great TV shows, but he is a very funny stand-up comedian 960 1197 or sidesplitterscomedy.com. make a reservation, pick out your seats and go check out the show you will definitely dig it)